You're listening to The Luxury Item, the podcast on the business of luxury and the people and companies that are shaping the future of the luxury industry. Here's your host, Scott Kerr. In June, Facebook held its first Luxury Innovation Summit. It brought together 50 top luxury executives to show them the power and potential of augmented and virtual reality, which Facebook is heavily invested in. Facebook's luxury team showed various use cases, including Balenciaga's multi-platform game Afterworld The Age of Tomorrow, a radical immersive adventure and deep dive into Balenciaga's Fall 2021 collection. Additionally, Facebook explained the advantages of using AR to help brands sell on their platforms, creating AR effects across their apps. My guest today on The Luxury Item is here to talk about the transformation of luxury shopping and Facebook's investment in new tools that are helping customers shop and brands sell on its platforms. Morin Oluwali is Director, Global Head of Luxury at Facebook and Instagram. As a luxury industry thought leader in digital transformation, business development, and innovation, Morin has managed multiple product and business teams within Facebook for the past 15 years. Formerly chief of staff to the CMO, Morin developed business strategies for global brand partners. In her prior roles, she led product marketing and public content partnerships for the fashion and luxury sector. Morin has been featured in numerous publications, including Women's Wear Daily, Vogue, Vogue Business, Business of Fashion, Luxury Daily, France 24, The New York Times, and Black Enterprise, just to name a few. She was born and raised in Nigeria, speaks four languages, English, French, Spanish, and Yoruba, and has lived in the U.S., U.K., and Nigeria. Morin currently resides in Paris, and that's where she's joining us from today. Welcome to the luxury item, Morin. Hi, Scott. So thank you for having me. It's great to thank, be here. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm uh, I'm very excited for you to be here. So, you know, I was thinking about this. I was kind of looking at all these social media platforms, and I've noticed for the past several years that some of your competitors have started um, have started a luxury division. But I know that Facebook was way ahead of the game in doing that. So when was the luxury division formed at Facebook? Well, it's a very good question, uh, Scott. Thanks for thanks for asking. As we think about, you know, I've been in the beginning of this journey, uh, 15 years at Facebook uh, myself, and also seven years working and building the luxury division at Facebook. It was really formalized in 2015, so not too long ago. It's the most recent uh, division created within the company, and now uh, also the only global division that's also based outside of the U.S. Uh, as well. Like, what are your core responsibilities now as the global head of luxury at Facebook and Instagram? It's really evolved over the past uh, seven years or so, but what's really important for us as we work with our luxury partners to ensure that they have the best guidance and partnership to be able to communicate their brand stories and their brand heritage on our platforms and also being in uh, front of the line when it comes to innovation and uh, technology evolution. And that's really exciting and it manifests itself in a number of different ways. We accompany them on creative, uh, creative council. We accompany them on innovation and transformation projects. Of course, our objective is that we're able to be the biggest contributors to their brand 
and their business objectives as well. And right. so we're very much in tune into media strategy, measurements, uh, and working especially closely with their media agencies as well, because it's really a 360 collaboration and partnership that we have with our luxury partners. And you can think of uh, the different uh, integrations, for example, with creators and some of the exciting new work we're doing with ARVR, which mm -hmm. is part of our collaboration with them. It's interesting. I mean, you know this, you know, many large established luxury and fashion brands have been very slow to adapt to a digital future and the pandemic hastened some of that. So when you first formed the luxury division at Facebook, I imagine you faced a lot of resistance from these brands. What did they make of social media at the time? Yeah, you're taking me down memory lane. I know, and it's not even that long ago. <laughs> exactly. And so as I think about our first meetings and conversations with partners, with our luxury brand partners, uh, a few things resonate from those uh, initial exchanges. First, they knew inherently that it was important to address digital in some way but quite honestly, didn't know how. Um, there, I, to be honest, there was a, quite some hesitation because uh, of course, when you're thinking about luxury brands and the storytelling around the brand, it's important to maintain this level of, uh, this level of prestige. And uh, it was simply a question of missing information, how to reach the right consumers, what content resonates best with them, and what creative formats would best engage the, the, the consumers that they were most uh, interested in, especially how to do so without compromising their brand DNA, which is so important, uh, and without coming off gimmicky as well. Uh, and I think about, as I think about the work that we've done since 2015 up until now, I really believe and uh, like to think that we helped our clients. We helped them build brand equity. We helped them maintain and support their rich uh, brand heritage, which a lot of cases goes back even hundreds of years for some brands, while also very concretely helping them deliver against ROI and against that brand equity growth for their business. And this is important because we, our focus was proving early on that social media is and can become a true essential partner to driving a brand's business, not just in store, which is a really important experience, but also online. And that's, you know, has brought us to the stage where we are now, where we are perfectly capable of enriching and telling, helping them tell their brand stories and also uh, putting them at the forefront of testing new innovations and new ways of communicating with their, with their audiences on our platforms. Back five years ago, were you dealing mostly with the clients directly or the agencies or both? And who got it? I mean, I would, I would imagine the clients had a tougher time wrapping their heads around it versus the agencies. Yeah, we truly believe in having a, how we say in French, a tripartite to relationship, mm -hmm. meaning the collaboration with the client and the agency has to go hand in hand. There is no one or the other, uh, because building that trust, building that knowledge of how we can support their business uh, evolution and business solutions works across both the, both the clients and the agency. Of course, the approach uh, might be adapted to each party's ways of working, but uh, you know, almost every conversation that I have with our partners, it integrates the agency teams as well. And this is a really important ecosystem that's, uh, that we've worked very hard to continue developing. So going back down memory lane, who were 
your first luxury clients who saw the opportunity with Facebook? You know, I can't really say that there was one first luxury client because we know, we know we had a very strategic approach. Of course, our objective was to address the key uh, the key groups and the key brands in the sector, uh, and I'm sure that you can name them off the top of your head. Mm-hmm. And so, it was really important to first build a trusted relationship, which with each of the partners that we wanted to with whom we wanted to engage, very much focused very concretely on the the, the categories also that we know to be most engaged and relevant for consumers from leather leather goods, fashion, of course, beauty, skincare, fragrances, wine and spirits, uh, watches and jewelry, et cetera, et cetera. And so it was re- our focus was really thinking about how we can bring expertise, both sector expertise and category expertise, and build on build that true direct personal relationship with our brands with our partners so that they were ready to test with us. Because at that time, it was really more so about testing and learning to to launch their first activations on our platforms. And how did you measure success at the time, five years ago? Very good question. First, we wanted to quite simply have our brands engaged. That was a pure measure, measure of success. Engaged and also ensuring that they were adapting to the language of consumers who were engaged in our platforms, the digital consumers. But our, our approach has never differed in terms of driving concrete business outcomes for our partners. Uh, When I say business outcomes, we've never deferred from the objective that we want to be able to prove that we drive and grow their brand equity. That strategy has not changed over the past seven years. Uh, Figuring out the best way to measure the ROI of sales in store and online, that strategy hasn't hasn't changed. And what we've done, that being said on the back end, we've built even stronger measurement methodologies and technologies that help them, for example, measure brand equity, not just at one moment in time, by working with our marketing science teams to actually measure brand equity over a long period of time, which of course, time is almost uh, eternal right. as you think of, um, of, of the luxury sector. And if you look over the past five years, the customer journey and shopping habits have shifted and digital solutions have become more critical to luxury brands. So how has your role evolved over these years? What we aim to do is to be, uh, to be someone who brings uh, solutions who brings new technologies to our partners we know that for example um, digital connectivity mobile usage on the consumer side has increased exponentially over the years people are more informed now about the different products and services that they that they choose and also the brands to whom they're loyal it's it's very much about uh, uh, fighting for 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 their attention and so right. our approach has really to make sure that our partners understand this evolving consumer, how much time he or she is spending on digital so that they can think about how best to capture their attention, the attention of this consumer who's ever more demanding, especially when it comes to uh, creative content, when it comes to personalization, for example. You know, and the pandemic forced many businesses to accelerate their digital transformation and e-commerce strategies. And early in the crisis, how were you helping these fashion and luxury brands who all of a sudden were forced to develop digital skill sets and engage and experiment with these new technologies? There is absolutely no question that luxury brands have had to adapt to this new context. They've had to adapt to the fact that um, consumers have evolved quickly and they themselves have also evolved as quickly, if not more quickly than other sectors. For example, if I take a concrete point on luxury e-commerce, which which has been booming over the past uh, recent months, uh, very concretely, Bain, for example, who monitors the evolution of these uh, types of trends, has shared that online shopping 
has doubled from 12 to 23 percent in 2020. So, of course, the year, the key year of the crisis. And they estimate that this will grow to 30 percent by 2025. Um, and so and that online is even going to become the biggest channel for luxury brands when it comes to um, luxury consumer shopping, which is incredible. You would never, you know, five years ago, if you'd asked that question without the pandemic oh, yeah. in this context, I'm sure right, very few right. people and very few brands would have predicted such um, such a shift in behavior. Um, and so what is also really behind that is that consumers, luxury consumers, people are re- they expect and even demand in some cases, this idea of purpose from brands. We saw a number of different brands that reacted, that engaged very immediately at the beginning of the crisis and throughout the crisis, I would even say. LVMH that pivoted to making hand sanitizers or Burberry and Chanel that, that created protective clothing for health workers to contribute right. to this global this global crisis. Uh, that contributed to the shift of uh, desire for purpose that luxury consumers began to exige and demand from, uh, from, from, from luxury brands. And although this did start to change a bit before the COVID-19 crisis, uh, this also showcased that luxury sector was, up, was presented with a challenge of reinventing um, the life cycle of products, for example, when it comes to sustainability, of being aware of measuring and even shifting their ecological footprints and paying more attention to inventory management and production volume, for example, and also looking more so into this notion of secondhand sales that was a bit, if I might say, taboo, Mm -hmm. um, but really has become Mm -hmm. quite front and center in terms of how consumers engage with luxury brands and and how they value this idea of uh, long-term valuable heritage versus maybe this bling moment that was... um, that used to be more so prevalent. Um, and on this piece, of course, we were very engaged because our objective was to really help our partners uh, guide them through this uh, through this shifting era. And we thought about what are the different digital resources that we could provide to our luxury partners? Thinking about, for example, Fashion Week, a purely physical right. experience for the most part. Um, and how can we help them translate this, uh, this key brand moment into an online and digital context? Uh, and so working with uh, uh, Eva Chen, who you may know, who's our VP of Fashion Partnerships, yep. my team and hers launched a guide uh, in the context of Fashion Week to really focus on supporting fashion and beauty brands and guiding them in their digitalization, for example, or thinking through uh, a brand like Hermes, who did their very first all purely digital Instagram fashion show, how to help them really think through the conception of of the execution of this project. So this is really uh, how we continue to support because now there's a blend, of course, of physical and digital that's going to continue to be the reality in terms of how luxury brands communicate. Well, that leads me to the next question is, you know, that luxury is largely a physical experience. You know, you want to feel the leather, that Gucci bag. (laughs) So how do you translate those experiences online in a feed-based environment? How would you describe Facebook and Instagram's overall approach to creating an inspirational luxury experience? You know, we we truly believe in the shift online and the fact that this idea of social first shopping is not at all temporary. Uh, So if you think about the prior online shopping experience, it's kind of a bit like this. You need something, you search for it and you buy it which is really quite functional. Um, But is this really inspiring? Not so much. And as you just mentioned, thinking about these high-end luxury experience and prestige experiences, how how best to work with the brands to translate this to an online and mobile commerce experience? Because we know that mobile commerce 
um, has really shifted the traditional purchase uh, purchase funnel because it's not just focused on, on lower funnel purchases because people are really truly looking to be inspired. So what have we done? How have we responded to this shift? We did, we've done so in a number of ways. First, we focus on accelerating our work to really deliver the best new and exciting experiences to shoppers and to build, as in the second step, powerful commerce tools for businesses, tools that help support a stronger economy for everyone across the board. And um, our work is really focused on working through uh, building world-class services, um, developing these for every single layer of commerce from discovery um, at the top of the funnel, all the way down to, to, to purchase and payments. A few, a couple of examples uh, to, to, to share with you, Facebook shops. Uh, we have now have over 1.2 million shops on Facebook, we have about 300 million people who are visiting these shops each month. Right. And we're launching and really rolling out these uh, formats uh, across the board, thinking about innovation, live shopping, for example. So we've seen this, especially being adopted by luxury brands, more so in the East, but really moving towards the Western Western consumer, where a brand can showcase their most recent collection, obviously in a very elegant context, uh, thanks to live shopping format on our on our platforms. Uh, and then the, the last piece here, oh, excuse me, there's two more pieces here, in terms of how you communicate in the sense of the consumer, especially consumers who want quick, authentic, uh, authentic content. Right. And that our solution is with Reels. Reels, um, if I think about uh, one of our partners who did their launch their most recent connection, uh, collection on Reels with Louis Vuitton, for example, uh, Louis Vuitton, who was the first uh, among the first uh, luxury brands, luxury maison, to really seize the opportunity with Reels and stand out thanks to their creativity mm -hmm. with their last uh, two ready-to-wear collections. And they did so and they gained over 7 million views. And so this is a true brand impact when it comes to, um, when it comes to how luxury brands uh, communicate. And, and then the last piece here, just to close off, is with augmented and virtual reality, which we'll talk about for sure in more detail, yeah. that allows you to really transform these offline experiences, trying on products, trying on makeup, even doing a test drive in a car, if you can imagine, uh, to really transform and contribute to the, the development of this this personalized, the seamless uh, consumer journey, uh, where it's uh, we truly want it to be easier to discover products, to learn about them, decide to buy them, and um, and of course have them end up uh, on our doorsteps. I, I recently watched a keynote you gave at an online luxury watch event a couple of weeks ago. You shared a presentation on the transformation of luxury shopping, you showcase some of the insights based on a luxury shopper study Facebook just conducted. I'd love to speak with you for a little bit um, about some of the highlights and insights that surfaced from the study. And if you can share some examples of luxury brands who are riding those trends with Facebook and Instagram, I think listeners will find that extremely valuable. So what was the purpose of that study in the first place? Yes, with pleasure to provide a bit more context. Just uh, so when we think about the luxury shopper journey, as I shared uh, earlier a few minutes ago, this has almost completely evolved from the traditional journey that we could imagine over the past number of years. Mm -hmm. And it was important for us to be able to give very concrete insights to our luxury partners as to what is it, what are the preferences of the consumer? What are the adaptations or the actions that brands can take to really resonate more so with this consumer and ensure that they, they're able to maintain this high level of quality and, um, and uh, high-end context 
in an online experience, just as they have in the physical boutiques. The goal was really to surface these shifts in shopping behaviors mm-hmm. to help marketers understand how to reach and connect with this uh, with this shifting consumer. And how we did so by analyzing and comparing the results of five uh, five studies, which were commissioned by Facebook, of course, in partnership with Ipsos, Cantor Lightspeed, and GFK across key markets where you can imagine luxury consumers engage: the U.S., Canada, France, the U.K., Germany, and over in Asia with Japan, South Korea, Australia, coming all the way back to Mexico and Brazil. Uh, and so it was really important to assess the, the luxury consumers to understand what are their different preferences. So let's discuss the four big themes that came out of the study. The, the first one, which is the big one here, is technology is transforming luxury consumers' shopping habits. And the insights where technology offers luxury shoppers a more personalized, high-touch, efficient shopping journey. Could you talk about that? With pleasure. Now, what this means is that uh, it's important for brands to think about using new solutions to empower their consumers to buy products or to to connect uh, with them anytime and also in their preferred manner. Now, concretely, the way that we like to translate this approach to to action is really thinking about what are the ways in which brands can offer a personalized high touch and when truly efficient consumer shopping journey we know for example that um, luxury shoppers they like to explore and try new products and brands with uh, 1.4 1.4 excuse me times more like more open to discover products and brands and they really focus on using social media platforms to find new find uh, innovative ways to explore new products while they're shopping. Not only that, they want innovative technology. VR, for example, they want to utilize this to experience new products. And the use of AR and VR has really been growing among not just people, but also businesses from trying on uh, product experiences to testing, for example, immersive filters. And this translates to what the new digital store experience, in-store, excuse me, digital experience can look like. Because we know that the desire is there. We know that uh, consumers want more functionalities like live stream, et cetera. And so the question is, how can we guide our partners to be able to deliver these high quality experiences and dive into integration of technology into their, um, into their shopping uh, journey? Can you share some examples of luxury brand partners who um, are using innovative technology to engage customers? Absolutely. As we know, AR and VR, augmented and virtual reality are really big uh, key focus areas for us. And the the idea here is to really think about how this can come to life in a very concrete manner. So two examples that I wanted to share at this time is, uh, the first is Balenciaga. Balenciaga, who of course is a global luxury brand, who created a virtual reality runway show, meaning that uh, their consumers can could utilize virtual reality technology to watch their most, one of their most recent runway shows. And this is great because it allows, especially in a, in a, in a, in a context where people are not able to travel, um, it allows them to experience this uh, this runway show as they would have if they were physically in the location. So when it comes to editors, when it comes to creators and people that are really important to continue driving for the fashion industry. The second example was Prada who utilize again, virtual reality and our Oculus technologies to create a virtual tour of their atelier. And so this was, it was an experience where you can get into a car. You really felt like you were truly behind the car next to the narrator. 
Instagram. He went into the atelier to see how the Prada shoes were made, the hand, uh, the personalized and handmade um, uh, products that were developed in their atelier. And so that really allowed to, to have an intimate experience with the brand that would be more difficult to find um, anywhere else. And the last piece, if we think about how AR and VR can be more commerce oriented, is an example with Michael Kors. And so Michael Kors utilized our uh, filter, AR filter technology to not just try on sunglasses where consumers can really try on different colors and shades of sunglasses, but also click to the Michael Kors websites thanks to these formats to purchase the pair that they appreciate the most. And so this is how you can think about AR and VR, not just in a storytelling context, but also very much linked to a commerce experience. Facebook also seems to be betting big on live stream shopping with its live stream shopping Friday. You know, live stream e-commerce has already taken off in China several years ago. And U.S. brands, and you were talking about this before, and U.S. brands are, are starting to take a more serious look. So what should luxury brands be thinking about when developing a live stream shopping event? Yeah, it's true that that Facebook live shopping has truly taken off over the past year, and it's uh, part of this uh, big growing online trend when we think about uh, the commerce uh, arena. And it's important to note that it also brings together brands and consumers creating this this entertainment experience with live video and also supporting a commerce strategy with the ability to to purchase products um, uh, instantly. Now for luxury, what's going to be important is to project and stick to the brand DNA because we want this, the idea is for this to feel like an intimate high-end experience because that is the ethos of uh, luxury and premium brands. Um, it can be it can be also a tool to help discover or share a behind-the-scenes experience that a consumer may not um, have the privilege to explore. Visiting atelier, how couture gowns are made, for example, um, and what does that mean as you translate that to um to the ability to purchase items in store. When it comes to beauty brands, because this can also be a way to really tell the story about the product quality. We talked about purpose earlier on um, and and really allow the consumers to interact with with the experience. And so the guidance that we would give here is on high quality, storytelling, brand heritage to ensure that this feels like a very qualitative experience, like one that uh, an experience that one might have when you're in store with a customer service uh, representative, for example. And I just want to move on to the next headline was the rise of social media in luxury shopping. And the insight was with its frictionless and personalized experience, social media is a central element of the luxury shopping journey. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Absolutely. The idea here is that consumers are seeking a seamless shopping experience. And it's important for for luxury brands and marketers to understand that social media is a big contributor to developing solutions that facilitate these um, this uh, seamless shopping experience. We know, for example, if you think about how um, how consumers, uh, social media supports elevation of brands, is that it's being elevated as a key shopping platform for luxury as shopping um, shopping habits evolve. We know that um, particularly Facebook apps and services are central to shopping this inspiration and discovery. And when when we think about the different functionalities and how luxury consumers are prioritizing and interacting with businesses on social media platforms, this is a very big uh, source of engagement for them. Um, Now, how do we translate that or how can marketers translate that to 
a very concrete marketing strategy. One, when they communicate, when they advertise on our own, on social media, this is a strong lever of driving brand awareness and also driving brand intent. Two, when it comes to messaging and communication, we know, for example, that uh, luxury shoppers appreciate, or 40% of them appreciate being able to connect with their businesses, with businesses and their social community, thanks to social media. And so having this context helps brand understand more clearly how to communicate and utilize social media as a as a strong uh, consumer connection tool. Yeah, and all I can think about with that is influencers and influencers play an increasingly important role for luxury inspiration. Instagram remains the platform of choice for influencers. So how has influencer marketing on Facebook and Instagram evolved since you formed the luxury group five years ago? Yes, uh, this is a very key element. So we know that creators, um, influencers or creators, as, as we call them, provide a very natural and also quite credible link between brands and consumers. They have a unique point of view that helps brands tell their story in a fresh and, and, and new and different way. And when it comes to the trust that's built between influencers and consumers, uh, for example, for a study from Edelman Trust uh, Barometer, 63% of 18 to 34-year-olds trust what an influencer says about a brand, even more so than what the brand says about itself in advertising. So it's really an important uh, point to have in mind. This means that brands are now rethinking not just the way that they interact with influencers, but uh, with whom they choose to work. Instead of, for example, relying on just the tried and the tried and tested method of simple product placements via creators uh, who have large followings, they're collaborating with creative specialists who are really focused on creating even more authentic experiences. Uh, and I'll give a concrete example. Uh, Sephora, of course, uh, who has their beauty brand, Sephora Collection, mm -hmm. when they launched their first fragrance collection last summer, they really wanted to sidestep uh, side this uh, more classic, quote unquote, um, creator influ influencer marketing strategy and think about how technology can really support this launch. Uh, so we advise them. So our, our creative team, our creative shop team, as well, of course, uh, with our business team and our augmented reality technology team. We supported them in considering and thinking about micro-influencers who are truly innovative, who are focused on, uh, on developing their craft, and even who work in uh, more niche spaces on our platforms, mm -hmm. such as um, 3D fantasy, sensory AR, et cetera. Um, and we help support this collaboration with, the, with uh, Sephora and these creators who developed using augmented reality technology effects that were used on Instagram to produce a sort of disruptive and also very fresh, of course, fragrance campaign, which very visually cut through a very crowded market of standard uh, visuals. So these ads, this content developed by creators, scored significantly higher than even the brand creative when we looked at uh, measuring ad recall, for example. And as a result, when we think about business results, the line of fragrances for Sephora were the number one bestseller in terms of volume in their very first month of launch, uh, which a significant market share of over 6%, even outselling their biggest competitors. And so this wow. is a very concrete way in which we think about engaging creators to support brand objectives. So do you see any new trends, influencer marketing trends for next year? Oh, of course. When we think about new technology, so what is, um, so what is, uh, for example, NFTs, which uh, which you'd love to elaborate on? Yeah. Uh, well, how does that play into the influencer, con the creator context? Um, how a creators can engage 
in a digital context, for example, with NFTs to drive desire with uh, potential consumers. That would be something really interesting and cool to look out yeah. for. Uh, late last year, Instagram introduced guides, that new feature enabling the posting of longer form content beyond just a single photo or video. I mean, it sounds like it's giving brands an opportunity to tell richer stories. Are there any luxury brands using guides in a really creative way right now? So in terms of guides, yes, it's really, like, like you said, it's a new feature that really allows brands to um, share a point of view, for example, um, on different either experiences, social experiences, or even thinking about how they can give their give advice to, to consumers as to what's most interesting for the brand. Looking at using guides, Gucci, for example, created a limited edition called magazine, which was called Gucci Love, Love and Love. And they use guides to present the, their, their, one of their collections and also the collaboration with, um, with the brand Gucci, as well as the, the North Face. Or Burberry, who recently showcased different trends that they observed during the, the, the fall menswear, one-way shows, or even Dolce & Gabbana that engage with a DG digital guide, a digital show guide. And so there's, this is a test and learn. Uh, functionality. And I think uh, the good thing is that brands are really forward-leaning when they think about new innovations, when they think about new ways to communicate with their followers, with their audiences. And so this is something that we're also excited to see grow and develop. The third big headline that came out of the study was the changing role of in-store in a transforming market. And the big insights were, you know, luxury shoppers are moving between online and in-store experiences to get the best of both worlds. You know, we actually... We used to think about the traditional economy and the digital economy as quite uh, separate entities. And now the reality, especially in the current global context, is that they're inseparable. Digital tools are at the core and at the heart of every single, every sector that we can think of. And from an operations point of view, um, especially when you think about a business operations, they have never mattered more than now. And as we think about the future in the post-pandemic future and what the shopping experience will look like, it will resemble a reinvention of both the high street experience and also digital commerce. Uh, and this will translate itself to in the form of an agile commerce experience. An agile commerce experience can, you can think about it as resembling a space in which digital and physical experiences coexist together because consumers are going to become even more channel agnostic. And so this idea of omni-channel is going to become even more reinforced. Now, that said, as, um, as, uh, as stores have opening, as uh, confinements have lifted, excuse me, and stores have become opening, developing this omni-channel strategy that uh, provides consumers with uh, you know, the best of both this online and offline world is, is more important than ever. Uh, this means motivating online discovery and, and using that to reinforce purchasing in-store or even vice versa, because we know that um, luxury consumers are over three times more likely to research projects, products on their smartphone while they're in stores, two times more likely to research products in-store and even buy later online. So it's going to be important to continue to develop this synergy. Yeah. And today, retailers are seeking to build consumer-centric strategies, which make their products available anywhere at any time in the channels where their customers seek them. And Gucci, Burberry, and Tiffany come to mind as brands who have created these winning omni-channel strategies. How are you seeing luxury brands harnessing the power of social media as part of 
an omni-channel approach to their marketing strategies? So we know that um, luxury shoppers are adopting omni-channel journeys and that this is their new norm. There's no question there. What we're seeing is that uh, luxury brands are being are recognizing this shift and are rethinking what the consumer uh, experience will look like. For example, we have Clarence, um, you know, beauty brand, French mm-hmm. beauty brand Clarence, who has created a beauty guide, a digital in-store experience that allows the consumers to, um, of course, do skin assessments um, and go through a flow um, as they're in, in, in store in the store thanks to their digital technology that allows them to have the best recommendation in terms of their skincare regime, for example. Uh, so this is one easy way that the brands are really thinking about this um, integration across omnichannel and um, and uh, offline. On a second point of view. Uh, When we think about uh, how to shift storytelling, especially when it comes to product launches, for example, the, what I wanted to share was about IWC. IWC was a known luxury watch brand of the Richemont Group. Mm -hmm. They launched their, um, one of their new watch collections and really wanted to think about how they could support and uh, drive even more in-store appointments thanks to their online and digital experiences. And they decided to choose Facebook Messenger, so Facebook Messenger, where they showcase the teasing of the watch being worn on the wrist of, of, uh, of one of their models. And when you clicked on the ad on Facebook, you were redirected to a Facebook Messenger experience where you could not just learn more about the collection launch, but then also at the end of the experience, click to book a personalized uh, appointment in their boutique. And so this is how you're really thinking about how can omni-channel, how can digital experiences support, reinforce, and also really drive storytelling and brand experience even before the consumer comes in store? Well, how can data help drive a seamless consumer experience? We can think about both in the pre and post consumer uh, relationship. And so going back to the experience I just described across Facebook Messenger, imagine that this consumer did end up going to the boutique and they purchase said watch. That means that they are integrated into the uh, the brand's CRM, um, uh, CRM data storage. Brands have the opportunity, obviously very clearly in a privacy safe manner to integrate their CRM into these online digital experiences. Maybe in two years, two and a half years, it'll be time to change the battery of that watch. And so that brand can utilize the, the messaging experience like Facebook or WhatsApp to send a reminder to the consumer that it's time for it to come in for a cleaning, it's time to come to change the watch battery, et cetera, et cetera. And so it's really about uh, thinking not just of the purchase cycle, but then also what comes after. And this is what really drives long-term brand loyalty um, thanks, to, thanks to different tools and technology like messaging. I was reading a consumer survey of, uh, of global luxury consumers who said social media shopping was ranked like the least important omni-channel feature. Why do you think social commerce hasn't caught fire yet with luxury consumers? Uh, You know, I would actually think that it's actually in development. It's in development and growing because uh, as we know, these kind of behaviors and these evolutionary behaviors do take some time. And I do believe that we're in the exciting days of, um, of what's to come. 
We know, for example, that when it comes to immersive engagement, when it comes to uh, the momentum, especially coming out of the, the pandemic, we know that uh, consumers are rethinking the ways in which they shop. They're rethinking the ways in which they um, uh, be engaged with, with brands. And also they have a very strong preference um, of having a personal connection with a brand or a retailer. And so I believe that in this in the development of helping consumers feel as though they're valued, creating personalized experiences, um, either via um, loyalty programs or even thinking about uh, how to communicate around corporate social responsibility, is all of this is important in a context as to how brands engage and communicate uh, with, with their consumers. And this in turn would translate, especially given how much time uh, luxury consumers are, are spending on online, this in turn will engage uh, more activity on social commerce. We, for example, with Instagram shopping, which is one of our biggest, uh, most important uh, tools to support the development of social commerce. And we found that when there's a personalized experience beforehand, even before you get to the shopping experience, there's support by storytelling. You're really sharing the brand messaging, sharing the brand context. This allows for a consistent and uh, even stronger uh, interest in the consumer discovering more about the brand up until the point where they actually um, purchase products. You know, and despite a surge in e-commerce over the last 18 months, consumers, you know, are yearning to shop at brick and mortar stores and in-person social interactions. So what is the new normal for in-store experiences and physical retail experiences? And how do you see social media enhance those experiences? New normal, very clearly, is that there's an integration of digital um, in the in-store experience. We know that uh, consumers, they use social media, 32% of luxury consumers use social media for research and, and inspiration even before buying in-store. So you can't really separate the two. They, they talk to their friends and family, they look online to see what creators are sharing, and they're really diligent about their online research before purchasing in-store. And they're even, even while they're physically in-store, they're more likely to research products on their smartphone while they're, while they're in-store. And so this is where, when you think about uh, mobile sites, adaptive, uh, response, responsive mobile websites, excuse me, um, this is important for brands to develop to ensure that not only the in-store experience is seamless, but when it comes to mobile shopping or online shopping, that um, consumers can get the same level of high quality service. And the role of the in-store luxury sales associate has expanded to include brand ambassadors and micro-influencers. Are you seeing more luxury retailers investing more in technology to improve personal relationship with customers? And where does social media fit into that equation? And there's a very clear fit with social media, and it is an evolution that we're seeing. Um, this goes back to our opportunities to engage with the mess our messaging platforms. For example, WhatsApp is a very... Um, pertinent tool in terms of helping store in-store representatives know more, learn more, and also engage with their consumers because you have a very clear um, customer service tool. We're all on our phone and there's kind of this ad hoc WhatsApp uh, black book, if you will, to refer to the old uh, phone right. in which, um, in which right. 
business representatives kept track of their customers. Now that can be easily adaptable, adapted via um, a WhatsApp interaction, where you have the information on the consumer's purchase history, where the, the sales representative can really engage in a more intimate and personalized manner, which uh, has not been the case previously. And the last big headline from the study was immersive engagement as the new standard for communication. And the big insight was luxury consumers build connections with brands based on shared values and a feeling valued as and feeling valued as a customer. Tell me about that. Well, as we're coming out of this, uh, at least the initial stages of this pandemic, we know that we feel that there is a momentum of positivity on the consumer end. There's a certain energy and almost a rebirth in a sense um, as consumers are content to to, to engage socially, to to, to leave their homes. And also they've shifted their perspective in terms of how they they consider products. Meaning, whereas I mentioned earlier that there there might've been this uh, idea of this bling manner in which uh, they purchase luxury products, but there is a, uh, there's a reversion to focus on simplicity, to really focus on quality, high-end artisanal quality, and to focus on the talent and the long-term viability of brands and the products that, that they purchase. From my point of view, you know, I'm a luxury consumer myself. I'm also keen to really see the very new and also interesting ways in which luxury brands embrace technology even more to enhance this personalized personalized experience. When I go to a boutique, for example, uh, you know, and one is quickly able to find me in 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 the consumer systems, understand what are my preferences, what have I purchased in the past, what might I be interested in um, in during this visit. That's something that really matters and counts to luxury consumers. One thing I noticed during lockdown is that brands were using social media platforms for more online conversations and games and challenges and tutorials and classes, etc. You know, ways to make feel consumers feel like they're part of the brand community. So have you seen luxury brands on Facebook or Instagram get more creative in how they engage with audiences? Are they taking more risks than they might have before the pandemic? What's sure is that they there's a certain liberty, um, especially when it comes to testing or being more forward-leaning, forward-leaning, excuse me, when it comes to uh, integrating technology into their into their the communication strategy. And this is something that I really want, we really want to see continue on because we know that luxury inspiration really is driven by innovation in itself. A luxury product is an innovative product. And so as we think about the evolution and the growth of social media and the integration of of social commerce, this supports this notion that luxury brands who have the most Innovative, innovative and inventive over the past years and even decades and sometimes hundreds of years, this is an important opportunity for them to continue. And we've seen some great examples that I've cited to continue to be at the forefront and at the cutting edge. And ironically, one may think that luxury brands are very traditional, classic, etc. But we actually see them as one of our most important and most forward-leaning partners. They are embracing the idea of digital tools and environments from reels to 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 IG shops to live shopping uh, to messaging to enable this um, and reinforce this broadening of how best to engage with the luxury consumer, especially this new generation, this new and influential generation. They've also learned that, um, and this is a natural ethos within the sector. Personalization is key. 
inspiration is key in order to build long lasting relationships because no matter what it's this loyalty that's going to continue to reinforce uh, the industry and doing so means creating a very seamless and very high-end online experiences that matches or even surpasses the in-store boutique experience you know the luxury category keeps evolving in in new and exciting ways what are you looking forward to over the next 12 months Wow, I'm excited about a number of things. Um, As I mentioned, there's this idea of strong positivity as we're shifting and uh, I would say being rebirthed out of this this pandemic. I'm excited about the new ideas that creators, uh, luxury brand creators are going to develop. I'm excited about the new technology For example, I'm really excited about the ways uh, NFTs will be adopted by luxury brands. Mm -hmm. I'm excited about the this getting down to this idea of supporting values, of supporting sustainability, of supporting uh, commitment and dedication to topics and subjects that really impact us as human beings. So it's not just about a consumer product experience, but truly about how these brands that we desire so much are having a real impact on on the world in which we live. So my final question, Maureen, is the luxury item question, which I ask all my guests. So if you were stranded on a deserted island and you can only have one luxury item with you, just one, what would that luxury item be? It can't be any form of air transportation or anything that requires mobile service. So you don't have Facebook or Instagram or anything like that to communicate with the world outside of that you know, island with just a few palm trees and the water surrounding it. What would that one luxury item be? Well, this is um, a tough question. <laughs> I'll make it easy. Maybe the top. I know you're. Fun. I know you're a luxury consumer, so that's <laughs> why I knew it would be tough for you. So, what 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 would that one item be? So, I'm a luxury consumer, but also I'm a very practical person. And so, as I think about, so you're stuck on a on a on a deserted island, and so you need functional functional items, no matter what. And as such, I would actually take my watch with me. Um, and luxury- watch seems to be very popular in, yeah. in the answers. So I'm sorry, go yeah. ahead. Because it's functional. You know, you have, uh, for example, I have uh, my Cartier Pantera watch that, uh, you know, allows me to keep time, keep date precision. I have no other way to really track the, you know, the, the, the if I'm stuck here for months or on end, um, that can really help me track and keep tabs on how much time is passing. So that's that would be my answer. It's a logical answer, but you know, it seems quite reasonable. No, that's a good answer. Morin Oluwali, global head of luxury at Facebook and Instagram. Thank you so much for joining me on the luxury item. Thank you very much, Scott. It's been an absolute pleasure discussing today with you. We really appreciate it. That's it for this episode of the Luxury Item Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this useful and entertaining, I would be really grateful if you can share it with a friend or colleague. I would love it if you subscribe so you never miss an episode. And while you're there, be sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It really helps other listeners find us. The Luxury Item Podcast is a production of Silvertone Consulting. I'm your host, Scott Kerr. Until next time.